Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. You'll have to excuse my voice last episode and this one. I usually try to record while my voice is clear and relaxed. But circumstances just aren't allowing that this couple of times. So I'll do what I can in the future. If you haven't been paying much attention to what's going on outside your own little bubble, today's show might take you a bit by surprise. Hope not, but it might. If that's the case, if my topic today seems far-fetched or if it's news to you, uh, then this is especially for you. There's a lot of talk of coming civil war. Personally, I think we're already in a cold civil war. But the articles and chatter I'm talking about are referring to an open, hot civil war. Do not let them sweep us into a hot civil war. Don't do it. It sure seems like the left wants it, and the right has kind of given it up as inevitable. It's not inevitable. Don't let them fabricate violent conflict. The left tends to project what they want. They either accuse the right of it, or they start writing and talking about it like crazy. That's what they're doing right now. Now, please understand that when I refer to the left and right today, I'm not referring to Democrat and Republican. I'm talking about the real left and right. Those who want centralized authoritarian power and those who want freedom. Ironically enough, the labels have been switched. You go back to where left and right started in the French Revolution. The people on the left wanted freedom. The people on the right wanted their king to remain absolute. Somewhere along the line... And I'm pretty sure it was FDR. In an attempt to further consolidate power, they tried to label people on the right, now on the right, who love the Constitution and want to retain their freedoms and their liberties, as on the right. Or in other words, associating them with people who wanted to keep the absolute power and right of the king. It was a lie, but the flip worked. In the halls of Congress, there aren't many left who are actually on the right. There are plenty of Republicans who are entirely on the left, especially among the party leadership. The left wants to end our Constitution. That shouldn't even be a controversial point anymore. They want authoritarian control without constraint. The right wants to preserve our Republic, a Republic that protects our rights as inviolate, regardless of who or how many want to violate them, and a Republic under which the people are sovereign, represented by elected persons who serve the people who elected them. There's a reason that the left pushes and pushes and pushes the term democracy. A democracy is nothing more than tyranny by the majority. We are not a democracy. We have rights and liberties that are inviolate, regardless of what the majority or anyone else wants. Some of those things are enshrined in the Bill of Rights, but not all of them. The Bill of Rights was specifically the list of things that the Founders agreed would be the fastest road to tyranny if they were lost. This may seem an oversimplification, but if we go to war with each other, left and right, those who want a consolidation of authoritarian control, 
and those who want to retain their inviolate rights. Those will be the two sides. The left would love nothing more than a hot war. They have the federal institutions in hand with all the manpower, resources, technology, and infrastructure. A system that has a very good chance of putting a permanent boot on our throats, if it's turned to that purpose. A hot war puts the left in a prime position to excuse their overthrow of our political protections and declare authoritarian rule. A hot war means devastation for Americans. Everyday, average Americans. There's no one who would be able to hide from this. No matter how remote you live, no matter how off-grid you are, it will affect everyone. It means families torn apart by death, ideological differences, famine, disease, and the destruction of the infrastructure on which we are so precariously reliant. It would bring suffering and misery to everyone. Everyone. I taught basic violence training and de-escalation for a few years. One thing became inescapably clear, and I've talked about it on here before. If someone wants something they're not getting, and they're unwilling to relent, eventually their only recourse is physical force. Violence. The left wants unrestricted power. They want to rule by decree at their will. They want to conquer all opposition to that purpose. The right will not give up their inherent rights. The Constitution and Bill of Rights were written to protect those parts of ourselves and our lives that no person or organization has any authority to violate. None. Yet the left wants what they want, and the right will not relent. So what happens then? Well, that depends on how much power we allow the left to have. Sad as it is, Congress does represent America. They were chosen and put in place by Americans. San Francisco loves Pelosi. The rest of us may hate her, but her constituents love her. Biden didn't stay in the Senate for his entire life because people in his state hated him and hated what he stood for. It seems easy to blame politicians for the ills of society, but our ills belong to us alone. They can only do what they do because we tolerate it. Look at how fast blue states are dropping mask and vaccine mandates with the 2022 midterm elections looming. The people still hold the power here. The people are still sovereign. In all this, two things have to happen. One, if shots are fired in anger, the right cannot be the first to fire them. If violence is going to come, stand fast and make the left instigate it. Do not give them any help. January 6th demonstrated very clearly that there are enough Americans who want both freedom and conflict to cause real, lasting harm. We must rise above our desire for force. Two, we have to turn back to God. War or no, our only hope for turning this ship around and restoring America to a functional and free land is repentance and obedience to God's commandments. We have to change. We can't keep doing things the way we've been doing them. And we can't keep living the way we've been living. That starts at home. Dr. Jordan Peterson once pointed out, those who can't clean their own room have no business telling the rest of the world how to fix their problems. If war does come, we will need to be on God's side. Glenn Beck has pointed out many times that we will not have God on our side until we are first on his. 
That only happens when we are obedient to his commandments and seek his will above our own. All it takes to spark off disaster is the left trying to do something that the right is unwilling to permit and the left deciding they have the physical means to force the issue. We have several such examples on deck as we speak. Take your pick. Election integrity, forced vaccines, war with Russia, drafting women for a war with Russia, the Second Amendment, federally enforced racism, you name it. We have oodles of matches ready to go. There cannot be a hot civil war in America while the American people refuse it. Political leadership only has the power the people allow them to have. Remove the arsonists from their positions of power, they can't start a fire. Again, look at the vax mandates in blue states. All it's taking to get rid of them is the threat of voter retaliation in the 2022 midterms. Imagine what would happen if you ousted all your representatives in the next election who didn't fully uphold the principles of constitutional liberty, and then did it again in the following election, and then again in the following election after that. It wouldn't be long before people considering the office would get the message. At the end of the day, though, it all comes back to us. A people can only be free when they choose to live right. Wickedness and freedom are antithetical. People will govern themselves or they will be governed. Choices have consequences, and bad choices, with their bad consequences, destroy freedom. We can only be free to the extent that we choose, of our own will, to live right. And that can only happen by living God's commandments. The very purpose of freedom is to allow us to follow God. We cannot fully follow God when we're subject to the contradictory demands of despots. When the Hitlers and the Stalins of the world demand that you murder your neighbor, that you kill the Jews, the gypsies, that's not following God. God has told us, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Freedom cannot be maintained except upon the principles of heaven. Again, we cannot fully follow God when we're subject to the contradictory demands of despots. People will govern themselves by the laws of God, or they will be governed by force. We can only be free to the extent that we choose to live as God has commanded. We cannot be both wicked and free. They are incompatible states of being. Now, I don't believe for a moment that a hot civil war is inevitable, but that doesn't mean it's unlikely. Now is a really good time for us all to get our house in order. Now, I've wanted to cover something positive for a long time. So much of what's been happening the last couple of years has been corruption and impending pitfall after impending pitfall. Leave it to the Canadians to give us hope for humanity. I can't imagine there's anyone who still doesn't know there are freedom protests breaking out across Canada right now. They're done being divided and stratified by vaccine status and moving goalposts. They're done being subjected to arbitrary rule by fiat and the violation of their dearly held individual rights and liberties. They demand their rights be respected as we all should. Their Prime Minister is threatening military force to break them up. From the Daily Wire, Trudeau has promised to do whatever it takes to break the freedom protests. This is about power, nothing more. This isn't about the rule of law. It isn't about maintaining order. It's about a small group of elites protecting and expanding their arbitrary exercise of power and force and the subjugation of the people and their rights and interests. 
that they were supposed to respect and represent. Those violations are happening around the world, and people are standing up by the tens and hundreds of thousands around the world. Police in Canada are resigning or taking leaves of absence rather than follow the orders of a clearly corrupt and tyrannical assertion of government power. Tow trucks were called in to tow the convoys away, and when they arrived, they joined the protesters. Farmers have reportedly shown up with their tractors to join the trucks. I've seen reports that Trudeau approached the military to break up the demonstrations and was told to pound sand. Though, perhaps not in those exact words. There are plenty of police still willing to enforce Trudeau's orders, but many are resigning or taking leaves of absence, refusing to carry out his tyrannical edicts. The difference between the Canadian freedom protests and the BLM riots could not be more stark or profound. Where BLM and Antifa rioters looted and burned, the Canadian freedom protesters are shoveling and salting the snow-covered walks and cleaning trash everywhere they go. Where BLM and Antifa leaders preached anger and revenge for wrongs, Canadian freedom leaders are preaching peace and brotherly love. Where Antifa marched chanting every city, every town, burn the precinct to the ground, and no justice, no peace. The Canadian freedom protesters are chanting, thank you, to the people who have rallied in their support. Where BLM and Antifa attacked the police with rocks, frozen water bottles, and explosives, the Canadian freedom protesters stand peacefully and resolutely, and when the police move in, rather than fight, they link arms in mutual support. Peaceful and resolute. That's the playbook of Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi. Stand your ground, don't give an inch, but don't engage in violence either. If there is violence, make the aggressors own their violence in front of the world. We have a responsibility to safeguard the rights and liberties that were purchased by generations past and entrusted to us so that they can be passed on to our children and grandchildren. We're responsible not only for safeguarding those rights and liberties, but for setting the example for future generations how to appropriately and effectively secure them. Right now, there's a coordinated effort among the so-called elites in countries around the world to overthrow the principles the Constitution and Bill of Rights were founded on. Did you not notice that world leaders across the globe all adopted, at the same time, the World Economic Forum campaign slogan, Build Back Better? Did you think that was just a Biden thing? Not even close. We have a responsibility to secure the rights and liberties that have been passed to us, entrusted to us, and to prepare the next generations to do the same when it's their time. We still have an opportunity to do this peacefully. If violence must come, make the usurpers take off their sheepskin and do it openly. Give them no excuse, no pretext they can use to justify, rightly or no, the domination they crave. Our best hope right now is to be peaceful and resolute. Trudeau, Biden, Macron, and all the others want to dominate us. They've made that clear with statements like, whatever it takes. As in any other de-escalation effort, we remain calm, non-violent, but resolute. And these men will be forced to either back down and retire in ignominy, or to parade their true colors in a display of unconscionable and unforgivable overreach and force, and will find themselves standing naked and vulnerable on the world stage. Peace, love, 
positivity, kindness, shoveling sidewalks and picking up garbage. These are the tactics that will win us the day. All right, I'll leave it there. Till next time, be informed, stay safe, and in this crucial, pivotal time, please, I beg you, don't do anything stupid. Thank you.